Highland Falls, El Paso, Clarksville, Watertown, and from other important military capitals around the globe. Eye on Defense brings the top military and defense issues into focus. Eye on Defense is proudly sponsored by Big Sarge Pre-Owned TA-50 Emporium and The Last Hope Jewelry and Pawn. And now, citizens of Earth, brace yourselves for the next episode of Eye on Defense. Defense, 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 defense. All right, we're back, everybody. If the audio sounds a little weird, uh, it's because I'm in a hotel room. I figured I'd do a show from the hotel. Uh, I had some time on my hands. Oh, by the way, it's uh, 27 October, and this is episode 63, I think. So I don't have much time, so I figured I'd do something while I wait to leave for the airport. So uh, real quick, a couple of stories. There's a big NASM stories. I might as well get to that one right away. So this is from C4ISRnet, C4ISRnet. Never been there before. I think they're part of the Defense News uh, Army Times all by the same publisher. But anyway, C4ISRnet, Joe Gould, 25 October. Raytheon delivers U.S.-Ukraine-bound NASM air defense systems. Um, this is the NASM systems we've been talking about for months. And Raytheon says it finally delivered two sophisticated, finally is what I put in there, uh, delivered two sophisticated NASM's air defense systems for Ukraine for to the U.S. government, which will send them to Ukraine. I'm going to read that sentence again, see what you think about it. Raytheon Technology said it delivered two sophisticated NASM's air defense systems due for Ukraine to U.S. government, which will send them to Ukraine. Uh, they talked to this guy, Raytheon CEO, Mr. Greg Hayes. We just, we did just deliver two NASM systems. We delivered two of them to the government a couple of weeks ago. They're being installed in Ukraine imminently. And he made that comment to see CNBC squawk on the street. I never heard of that program. Uh, Hayes says, uh, the NASM's is a short range air defense system. It can fire AIM-120 advanced medium-range air-to-air missile. It can knock down everything in the sky from drones to ballistic missiles to fighter jets. The Norwegian-developed weapon will provide medium- to long-range defense against Russian attacks, which will bombard Ukraine, which bombarded Ukraine's civilian infrastructure over the last few weeks. Uh, the U.S. has promised to deliver two NASAMs within weeks and six more later. Uh, U.S. officials said it could purchase the first lot quickly because the bulk of systems have already been produced. It's taken a minute to get these over there, um, I think. We've been talking about this for a while, and there's a every time you have kind of a Pentagon press brief, I think there's a reporter that kind of asks about this also. But anyway, bottom line up front, or bottom line, is two of these suckers are going, finally. And in case you didn't remember, or in case you forgot what NASAMS means, Excuse me. It means National Advanced Surface-to-Air Missile Systems, or NASAMS. Uh, of course, it's a uh, Raytheon in Consberg Defense, at, and I think somebody else is involved in it. Probably a bunch of other contractors involved in it. But, but we've been talking about it, so it's happening. Let's see what else is next. Uh, yeah, there's kind of a, a story. I was kind of surprised at this story. We've never done a nuclear story before, but we're going to do one now. And it's from 27 October, which was today, from the Defense Post, which is a really good site. 
Uh, the title is U.S. Hurries Upgraded Nuclear Bomb Fielding in Europe. It's from Ender Shin Bish. Uh, we've done stories from him before. And it's kind of, I don't know how to take this story, but I'll just get to it. So the article starts out, the U.S. has accelerated fielding of an upgraded nuclear bomb at European bases, political reveals, citing U.S. diplomatic sources. Originally scheduled to be fielded next spring, the B-61-12 airdrop gravity bomb is now fielded, planned for fielding in December. The development emerges among heightened tensions in Western capitals over growing Russian threat to use nuclear weapons. I don't want to get into all that. Let's talk about this bomb. Uh, the older B-61s are already there. The Russians know it. They work just fine. This one is newer. This new B-61-12 bomb is newer. It's not really that much different, but it's a way to assure the Allies when they are feeling particularly threatened by Russia. And that comes from the guy named Tom Colina, who was the director of policy at the Plowshares Fund, whatever the heck that is. So let's talk about the B-61-12. The B-61-12 Life Extension Program is a $10 billion nine-year Department of Energy program to replace about 100 earlier versions of the B-61 at six European bases in Germany, Italy, Belgium, the Netherlands, and Turkey. The low-yield, more accurate B-61-12 is capable of being airdropped either through gravity or guided drop modes, allowing the Air Force to deploy it for low-yield nuclear attack, earth-penetrating strikes, above-surface detonation, and bunker-busting explosions, according to national interest. The bomb's upgraded features will allow military commanders to use it against the, use it as deterrence against a more limited or tactical nuclear strike. No kidding. According to Politico, the bomb's explosive power can be dialed up or down depending on the target, making it a low or medium yield weapon. This is interesting. The new design is designed to be carried by a large range of U.S. and Allied bomber planes. And fighter aircraft, including the B-2, the B-21, which is coming out in a couple years, the F-15, F-16, F-35, of course, and tornado fighters, which was not possible with the previous variant. Never heard of the B, what is it called, the B-6112, but now we have. So that's it. I guess we can move on from that. I'll pause right there. So I want to talk about... I was thinking about the last episode where we did a uh, Project Convergence story. It was the third one we've done. There's, by the way, there's no Project Convergence story today. Um, I didn't find one. I'll keep looking. Uh, but uh, I wanted to talk about JADC2 because we talked about JADC2 during the last Project Convergence story last episode. And I found myself, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, every time I do a JADC2 story, I'm repeating myself. Of course, JADC2 is Joint All-Domain Command and Control. And basically, every article I've read, it's always the same article. And then I'll give it a quick rundown. Basically, yes, JADC2 is complicated. Yes, all services are on board. Uh, Congress is on board with funding. There are some people that are skeptical. JADC2 is sensitive to shooter. It's going to be hard to do. We're not even sure if we can do it. And it's like the same article over and over again. And I'm thinking, well, tell me something I don't know. Because uh, I have questions like what they keep, they talk about levels of sensors, sensor to shooter. What level are we talking about? Are we talking about core level, battalion level, a soldier on the ground level? What weapons are we talking about? Uh, air defense weapons, artillery weapons, a soldier's rifle, 
uh, and they talk about tactical edge. What what is the definite? You could ask five people what tactical edge is, and you probably get five different answers. They never talk about really platforms um, or any feedback from the people that use these platforms. So I don't know. It's this is just me thinking about Jad C two. So anyway, um, I did find an article which kind of was a good article that kind of answered some of those questions. And I'm going to get to it, but at first. Since we're talking about JADC2, um, this is an article from, when was it? 27 October, today, 1037, Jasper at Gill, uh, Breaking Defense, and the title is Pentagon Seeks More Jointness for JADC2 as OSD Stands Up New Office. Uh, the new office will be led by Dead Dave Trimper, Director of Electronic Warfare in the Office of Undersecretary of Defense of Acquisition and Sustainment. We got to learn that name, Dave Trimper. You poor soul. Now you're in charge of JADC2. Uh, the Pentagon will establish a new office aimed at bringing different efforts before the military services together under the current disparate joint all domain command and control, according to Defense Acquisition official. Let's see here. This person named Chris O'Donnell said we are establishing a new office called the Acquisition. Integration Interoperability Office. I mean, can they not think of a better office uh, name than that? AIIO. And its first task will take a look at how we're going to integrate, truly get JADC2 talking across the department, says Chris O'Donnell. Um, let's see. He also added that Deputy Secretary of Defense Catherine Hicks has also assigned the Chief Digital and AI Officer as the person who's going to integrate all data from JADC2. So there's going to be a more jointness, and we're heading toward that with two offices. Those two offices. The new office, O'Donnell said, will be headed by Dave Trimper, Director of Electronic Warfare and OUSD ANS. Uh, let's see. The news of the new office comes among public pressure from some military officers for more high-level oversight for the sprawling effort. There's currently a JADC2 cross-functional team, but that's expected to phase itself out in the coming years. So this JADC2 cross-functional team, you never hear about it. Um, in fact, we did hear about it once. The leader of that, whose name is, what is her name? She's a rear admiral or something. Rear Admiral Susan Bride Joyner said that back in August that JADC2, I cringe at reports saying services efforts aren't aligned. So she's, if you read the article, one minute she's saying that we're not aligned, and then the next minute she's saying that we've got a lot of work to do, or that we're aligned and everything's good to go, and then, then the other, within the article she says we have a lot of work to do. Um in fact, uh, you know that there's the Army does Project Convergence, kind of a center, sensor to shoot, shooter campaign. The Navy does Project Overmatch. And, of course, the Air Force has advanced battle management systems. So each service is kind of pursuing their own thing. And now we've got this new guy. What's his name? Dave Trimper, who's, I can't even say the acronym, who's starting a new office to kind of help. Well, they need to do it. So um, JADC2, let me get back to the article. Uh, let's see. So the JADC2 cross-functional team is phasing itself out in the coming years. I don't know if it's just becoming a dinosaur or it's becoming obsolete or they're just not doing the job they want so they're getting rid of it. 
really doesn't say. So JASC2 is essentially the military's attempt to ingest data. We know that. Uh, there's three projects. We know that. Okay, prior to this week's announcement, Deputy Defense Secretary Hicks told reporters she wants more high-level oversight of JASC2. And in September, Air Force Secretary Frank Kendall suggested the CDAO would be responsible for wrangling the initiative. And that's Chief. It just told us what that was. I'll get back to that at some point. Here we go. Chief Digital and AI Officer. That's what that means. Uh, do I want to go on with this? How much more? So there's this guy named Craig Martell, who's the Chief Digital and AI Officer. He comes from industry. He's going to help pull this thing together. So I guess there's two people doing it. One of them is, what's his name? I just read his name. I can't remember. Oh, Dave Trimper and this other guy, the uh, uh, CDAO. And his name is Craig Martell. Anyway, before that, now let's get back to the argument. Before that, Army Acquisition Executive Doug Bush floated the idea of a joint JADC2 focused office back in July with a large-scale exercise, large exercise to help coordinate and focus the Pentagon's efforts, especially when it comes to making sure requirements are stacked and prioritized. Following Bush's comment, Wanda Jones-Heath, the principal cyber officer for the Air Force and Space Force, spoke about the lack of interoperability between the three JADC2 efforts and someone needs to push them where to go. On Wednesday, Donald O'Donnell said the new office will stand up without asking for a lot of money, saying Trimper is going to work through the budget process to see what is necessary to make these things come together from a pub budget perspective. So I'm a little confused at that. There's two people doing it or one pe person doing it? Because they mentioned the chief digital and AI officer, and then they mentioned, you know, this guy, uh, whatever his name is, and then they mentioned Dave Trimper. So I think he's going to be the, the person on the blame line if this doesn't work, but I don't know. So anyway, more more information. I hope JADC2 is interesting among the listeners. Um, I don't know. I guess it's the future. We're going to have to deal with it one way or another. Um, do I want to keep, go on with this? Yes. So finally, there's a really good article that helped answer some of the questions that I had about JADC2. The ones that I was mentioning before about, okay, who's what? what is the tactical edge? What is this platforms you're using? Uh, is there hardware? What is, is there software? What does this thing physically look like, this JADC2? Because uh, you kind of don't get that in any of the articles. Not me, anyway. So I found this in Breaking Defense. It's actually an advertisement, uh, to be fair. It's from presented by Raytheon Intelligence in Space. And it's just uh, October 24th by Breaking Defense. That's all it says. The title is, now this is a sponsored post. Uh, Titan is a thing of great strength, intellect, and importance for the Army. It's all that for G for JADC2. So this Titan system is, I guess, a platform for JADC2. So now that's a physical something I can wrap my head around. This is probably more for me than for you. So a tactical ground station that track, that finds tracks, finds and tracks threats to support long-range precision targeting. Titan Promises to bring data from ground, air, and space sensors. Keep in mind, this is a sponsored post. It's a commercial, basically. And then they got a uh, kind of a diagram of a soldier and a JLTV in the desert. And it looks like a, a paladin in the background and a satellite 
and a jet fighter and a big UAS. And they're all connected with lines and dopey numbers like 0101. I guess that means something. Um, anyway, let me get to it. So it's actually a very good article, though, or a commercial, whatever you want to call it. So with Project Convergence, the Army, this is kind of, this is Army focused, by the way. So with Project Convergence, the Army has sought to further its integration in a joint force. Let me get to only the good stuff. Um, and change the way it fights with greater with the eye toward greater speed, range, and accuracy, particularly for long-range precision fires. The Army's looking for particularly how to close gaps around sensor-generated intelligence, how it is sensed, makes sense, and acted upon. you got to remember that. Sense, makes sense, and acted upon. That's like the, that's like the JADC2, you know, motto. So whenever you think JADC2, think sense, makes sense, and act. And sometimes you might hear act as effectors. If you ever hear sense and effectors, there's a sensor and then there's effectors. And sometimes sensors have effectors built in, kind of like a uh, maybe a drone that can is an ISR drone that can sense things and pick things up. But then it can affect the environment by, you know, blasting a bomb on it or something. Anyway, so this is more. So this is a Raytheon article. I'm continuing on. So. Raytheon Intelligence Space was selected in June for a competitive prototype phase uh, and continued development of the Army's Tactical Intelligence Targeting Access Node, Titan. Tactical Intelligence Targeting Access Node. I give that a solid two under the acronym. Awarded under OTA, uh, Titan seeks to turn battlefield intelligence into targeting information. So there you go. That's what we talk about, JADC2, sensor to shooter. So battlefield information and target information. A targeting ground station that finds and tracks threats to support long-range precision targeting. Titan promises to bring data from air, ground, and space sensors. So there's your sensors. It brings it in, and it provides targeting information to what? Through a ground station. I assume long-range precision fires because that's what they talked about at the beginning of the article. In particular, the tactical ground station aims to support long-range precision fires. A key ambition of Project Convergence and defining element of all domain command and control. So what I've learned so far is that there's a system called Titan. It's a ground station. It picks up sensors from air, ground, and space. And it turns into battlefield intelligence for long-range precision fires. Um, I'm moving on. Uh, the ability to make sense of sensor data and drive it and use it to drive and make battlefield decisions is a critical component for all domain operations. This is Chuck Taylor saying this, Vice President of Decisive Ground Operations for RINS Army Special Operations Portfolio. Chuck Taylor, they made some shoes after you. Um, let's see. Ideally, it should be possible to use any data from any sensor in any domain in order to identify high payoff targets. That's what Titan Node does at the tactical edge. So there you go. It says any sensor. Does that mean a sniper with a rifle? Uh, thermal site does that mean a uh, ground vehicle with a thermal site uh, and the tactical edge what is a tactical edge there's that word tactical edge is that uh, a soldier on the ground a sniper a machine gun team on the ground or is it uh, a core asset or a battalion asset anyway um, under this approach input from range of sources which sources again soldier on the ground a satellite I'll, I'll keep going I know I'm I'll keep going so Sources will be fed in the Titan system, which will be then apply artificial intelligence to process the data, combining different types of data with 
support of AI speeds up the decision-making process and accuracy about where a target is in order to put the effect on it. There's the effect word. Uh, with this approach enabling long-range precision fires, the Army will be able to see farther than we've ever done, and we're going to affect further than we ever have, Taylor, Chuck Taylor said. Uh, so, again, this seems like a, a long-range precision fires tool. Okay, the Army's move to a cloud-like environment will help to tighten and unlock the information sharing possibilities specifically for intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance data. Uh, near simultaneous ingestion of sensor data from satellites, aircraft, and ground enabled systems is one critical component enabling not only long-range precision fires, but all forms of operational maneuver. I think that's an important sentence. Near simultaneous ingestion of sensor data from satellite, aircraft, ground, and naval sensors, there's all your domains, is critical component enabling not only long-range precision fires, but all forms of operational maneuver. This is going to be enabling real-time, all the time. That's a major contribution of joint all-domain operations. That's a pretty decent paragraph. Whoever wrote that paragraph did a good job on that. So it seems like they're leaving wiggle room for all sensors with this Titan thing. Uh, let me move on. Uh, this, of course, will take a high-grade coordination. We know that. We've been told that. An effective use of Titan will require extensive interplay between the Army and other armed forces in order to create a holistic picture. Other government officials and other coalition partners will need to get that data, and the Army will need to focus on getting those gears to mesh. Yes, we know. That's what we got uh, Mr. What's-His-Name for. Dave Trimper. He's going to help us with that. Okay, here's gets a little advertising. Okay, Raytheon owns a kill chain. Takes a high degree of mission knowledge. Bye-bye. Literally every sensor we're going to use in the, going into this system is a Raytheon product. We own the whole kill chain. With the ability to synthesize all those components is a very strong qualification that the company has. Yeah, but I thought you needed some of this modular open systems architecture. Yep, Taylor says that earlier. Modular open system architecture is a bare minimum that we're going for, regardless of the source of the data. All algorithm systems that we can ingest, can ingest it and process it. That's the key part of joint in this joint. And I agree with that. You need that mod modular open system architecture. So that means if you have a sensor from DRS or from Lockheed Martin, it should be able to talk to all of them. That's modular open systems. So... Anyway, this every system, every sensor in the system is going to be a Raytheon product. Then, then that's not modular. It needs to be any system. Anyway, so if if a soldier is using a product that's made by Lockheed Martin, then uh, you know he's got to be able to uh, fit into this Titan system. I would think. Okay, I'll continue on. I'm almost done. Uh, let's see. Then they talk about AI. Do I really want to get an AI right now? Uh, let's see. Probably not. I'm almost done. So, uh, enabling the Army of 2030, Raytheon will bring all this to life in a course of 14th month prototype phase. Uh, let's see. We plan to we plan to have it on an advanced system platform, which is an FMTV family of medium tactical vehicles integrated with a shelter and user stations for all soldiers. A space ground kit will integrate the space data, space data in a secured environment. So they will be able to get different feeds there while also crossing over to other government agencies besides DOD. Uh, let's see, help commanders do their jobs. It's going to be 
enable the Army of 2030. Confluence of data from national to tactical. I like that line. This is the first time that we've got real confluence of bringing data from national to tactical with tactical being able to influence both national, both operational and strategic is one of the premier. It is one of the premier enablers that supports JC. That's a good paragraph right there from Chuck Taylor. So this is the first time that we've been, we've got real confluence in bringing data from national to tactical with tactical being able to influence both the operational and strategic. This It is one of the premier enablers that supports JADC2. So whoever wrote this article did a good job. I got a lot out of it. I think I'm almost done. Uh, the Army has expressed eagerness to bring this capability into the field. The Titan Enable Future Army will be processing data much faster than its adversaries. Fewer people will be needed to parse through vastly more information due to AI, which is true. Uh, with AI insights, those outputs will include predictive analysis, giving commanders greater decision-making capabilities. It'll get smarter over time. So, good article. I recommend it. It kind of gives me some answers. It gives me a platform. It gives me what the platform kind of looks like. It gives me where the sensors are coming from. Uh, what's the use of the sensors? And they, in this case, they use long-range precision fires, which is good. It's something. Uh, still like to have some feedback on it from soldiers. And how it's going to integrate in, well, if they use a uh, MOSA, Modular Open System Ar Architecture, should be able to talk to other systems. But anyway, it's really a good article. If you want to kind of see an example of what this JADC2 is supposed to be, I recommend it. Uh, Breaking Defense, 24 October 2022. Uh, it's a sponsored event. It's a commercial, for the record. But uh, anyway, it's a good commercial. I think that's it. I got to get ready to go to the airport. Uh, what, how many minutes? 25 minutes. Man, I didn't, I was going to do a 15 minute show, but ended up doing 25. So let me finish up here. Uh, yeah, I better finish up. I got to get to the, uh, get down and check out of the hotel and do all those things. So anyway, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all the support. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, episode 63. Like I said, if it sounds a little weird, I'm in a hotel and I'm using a, a headphone mic instead of my normal mic. So anyway, that's it in the books. Uh, thanks and good night.